very beautiful. Well, that's good. Better my than voice, me, my I My voice still... should mask my, match my lovely face. I was going to say, I was describing to her that we both look similar. <laughs> yeah, 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 we do. Both two jub- chubby bearded guys. Mm-hmm. He's got, uh, he's got, he's better groomed than I am, but. Because, uh... because of her, because of Rachel downstairs. <laughs> yeah. I was better, I was better groomed when I was in a relationship. So that's, She's that's like, fair. That's don't fair. go to the man shop. Don't go there. And I'm like, why not? She's like, because all they're, all they, all they have is boobs. They're not good at. I've heard that. I've never been. And they're not. I just end up with a bunch of holes in my beard Ugh. and it costs like $30. And I, the lady I go to now, it's $15. She does my eyebrows and my ears and you know shapes it up and does my beard and my hair nice. so one time she charged me twenty dollars but i thought that was fair <laughs> she did it on accident and i'm just like nope it's good <laughs> that's enough so what'd you do all week me besides besides I, uh, work man <laughs> oh god just play i play i've been playing a lot of uh fallout new vegas lately because my son's got my ps4 i gave it to him so when he when he went to college well i loaned it to him when he when he went away to college he's bringing it back this summer and i'm not letting him have it back but uh yeah so i've been playing a lot of new vegas this week and it uh it is kind of bumming me out that they took so many of those elements and didn't use them in four in fallout four four is the only one i've played so i'd don't know. I've seen the original ones, but I never actually played them. Never, never touched them. I just kind of looked at it once. Oh, four's four's great. Um, I it's a, it's tons of fun. But the trouble is, is that uh, they've cranked the difficulty down so far that I play on survival in hardcore mode, and it's still kind of easy for me. They do, and that. I'm not a good gamer. That's the thing. I'm they, not a good gamer. Oh, really? So you're you're like me? But I feel like they do that for people like me who just suck at video games and just kind of want to wander around and shoot shit. Well, you see that I think that's what easy mode's for, but hardcore mode still feels like easy mode. That's the problem. And I, and I and I there's nothing wrong with playing in easy mode. Some games like some games I have to play in easy mode, but uh yeah, I don't know. The fact that the fact that I had to crank it all the way up to hardcore and I put it on survival and I'm still not having any difficulty kicking ass in that game. Now, in this game uh it, it is harder, but I think one. I think one of the one of the elements that adds the most challenge and makes it the most interesting is the ammo shortages. Because in Fallout Four, there's just they you got ammo coming out of your ass, and even in even in hardcore mode, it has almost no weight, so you can carry around shit tons of it at all times. Um, in New Vegas, it's it's heavier, and it's extremely limited. I mean, it, the the amount of ammo available is very, very, very limited. So you always feel like you're just about to run out. Yeah, I was thinking ammo doesn't have any weight at all in Fallout Four, does it? Well, it does <laughs> if you're on hardcore survival. Oh, okay, okay. And I, I won't. I just won't do that. Yeah. I'm I'm normal all the way, and if I can't beat it on normal, then I just give up. <laughs> which is which is often. I'm like Devil May Cry, same thing. <laughs> I've I've never actually played the Devil May Cry games. I've heard good things, but never actually uh, sat down and gotten engaged with them it's hard and it just rage quitting i don't know how many controllers i've broken just on that game <laughs> so you're one of those i am i am it's it's no good you know it would make fallout 4 better though huh nazis oddly enough the movie we're talking about today has nazis in it yes it does 
<laughs> Nazis kind of are the ultimate bad guys because there's absolutely no sympathy that interferes with, interferes with slaughtering them en masse. So particularly when it comes to video games, I think Nazis are... That's, that's probably why the Wolfenstein games are so good because you can just plow through them 100% guilt-free because they're Nazis. No matter, I mean, anybody, anybody can now. Now they're reigniting the whole video game violence debate, and uh, which is ridiculous. But but nobody can nobody can shit on a game where you're killing Nazis. It's just not possible. I think I think Trump can because he's like, these are my people. God damn it! Why are you fucking doing that? <laughs> touche, touche. I haven't heard I haven't heard his argument on that yet. So you may be right. Uh, he'd fit because he's definitely he'd fit right in with the 1940s thing oh yeah so i know i know it's weird but so we've we've done a b horror movie sci-fi i guess and then we did a nice blockbuster in iron man and now we're gonna bring a nice little (laughs) love triangle but the love triangle has nazis so we can make a lot of weird jokes (laughs) well i'll leave those to you but you know this is only episode three but it's, it's like let's it's say, okay. let's figure out how we can alienate people as fast as possible. I'm good with that. Well, anyways, if if you're new, this is Sharks Across Hollywood, and we're gonna we're gonna be weird for the next hour or so. I'll well, be well, weird. He'll be sort of normal. Yeah, I'll I'll try and regulate it. It's not gonna work. <laughs> yeah, I'm Andrew. Just so you know my voice. I am the Reverend General Samuel Mance. Just so you know my voice. Casablanca is one of my favorite movies of all time. I saw it when I was in, uh, I, I believe I was a sophomore in high school. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was one of the, it was one of the movies that, that convinced me that I needed to get less jaded about classic movies. I, uh, after, after I watched Casablanca, I went on to watch, um, see anatomy of a murder, 12 angry men, um, several, Several. Well, it was basically whatever was on Turner Classic Movies at the time I started watching. So, uh, uh, I but I I really got into enjoying classic movies because Casablanca just sort of softened my heart to them. Up to up till that point, I hadn't watched a lot of classic movies because I was basically I I was my kids. Now that I think about it, anytime I try and get my kids to watch a classic movie, they they just complain and complain and complain and absolutely refuse and uh until this very moment i couldn't understand why now it's suddenly becoming a little clearer and i'm feeling more sympathetic towards them (laughs) same same this is the first like classic movie that i've looked at and said like holy shit i kind of want to watch it again like now i haven't watched it again yet but I'm I'm getting there. Rachel Rachel didn't like it. She's like, this is boring and it's black and white. I'm like, stop complaining. <laughs> That's exactly why my ex-wife hated it. She was like, in fairness, in fairness though, to my ex-wife, she grew up in communist Eastern Europe, and all they had was black and white shows, and she consequently hates anything black and white. Have a bit some war flashbacks for those. <laughs> Something like that. I did I did see a clip on YouTube that was in color. And it was so weird. It took away so much from the movie, from the way it looked. Yeah, it was it was very strange. It was it was still Peter Lorre acting all weird, Peter Lorre ish. Yeah, Peter Lorre but... is great in this. <laughs> I, I, you forget how much, how much you love Peter Lorre. At least I do. And then I go and I watch a Peter Lorre movie again, and I'm like, oh yeah, he's the greatest. 
And I was also going to be going to be very responsible and be more informative and tell everybody when it came out. And I'm looking right at it and having and, trouble reading it. And I in your sloppy handwriting, I fucked up. And no, it's it's good handwriting. I just wrote it like two minutes ago. <laughs> it came out in 1942, guys. Really? Yeah, I know. Weird, right? The war was still on when that movie came. For some reason, I well, thought yeah, was, I know. For some reason, I was thinking it was post-war. Well, I thought it came out in the late 30s. For some reason, I don't know why, but no, I um, yeah, that completely changes my perspective on it because I I thought of it as a uh, as like a a retrospective type of piece, not as not as something that that was set in the in the you know at the exact same time as it came out. Yeah, I'm watching it and I'm like, this is like almost propaganda, but not quite. It, like, it could have stepped over that line at any second. Yeah, the scene, where, the there. scene where the fr- the <laughs> scene where the the French captain or commander or whatever the hell he is is like, I'd be be careful of American blundering. I was there when they blundered into Berlin in 1918. Yeah, <laughs> it that was one. Like, it was very propaganda, you know. That was Claude Rains, though, wasn't it? Renault or whatever his name I can't, was. I can't remember. I'm the worst with names. The fucking Invisible Man names. from the Universal movie. Really? Yeah. Oh, see, Invisible Man is one of the one of the ones I haven't seen yet. Well, just wait, man. Johnny Depp will never play him because the Dark Universe is officially dead because that Tom Cruise mummy movie was awful. Yeah, I'm fine with that. <laughs> I, I have no, I have no problem with that whatsoever. I, I don't know the the mummy. The mummy is such a, it's such a boring monster to me. Like I, as, as monsters go, if you were going to resurrect one of the universal monsters, I would have gone with one of the more fun ones. Like, okay, they did the Wolfman movie, but that wasn't in their dark universe thing. So why not go ahead and re-resurrect the Wolfman? Wolfman's fun. Dracula's fun. Uh, the creature from the Black Lagoon is a lot of fun, even though it's kind of a B movie and, it's, and it, he was never one of the A-listers. But I, 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 I rewatch that movie every couple of years. I love it. I have a, uh, I have a framed Creature from the Black Lagoon poster on my wall. And unlike a lot of hipsters, I actually have seen the movie. I have not. I have not. But I've seen Mar- Monster Squad. I took my I took my <laughs> son when he was, I'm going to say, 11. Uh, the one who's in college now. Uh, they, had, they, they were running the Creature from the Black Lagoon at the Garland in 3D. And so we went and we saw it in 3D. And it was glorious. And we just had the best time. Uh, I've been a I've been a huge creature from the Black Lagoon fan ever since. It, it was probably further, but he might have been six. Now that I think about it, that's that's quite the age gap there. To <laughs> dude, seriously, it, it, I tell I tell everybody when it, if I say the other day, that could be any time in the last three to six years. Fair enough. I just said <clears throat> I haven't gone bowling in like three years, and Rachel said we've been together for three years and we've never fucking gone bowling. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like five years then. I don't know. I was looking at, uh, I was, I was going through my tapes, my, my old, uh, mini DV tapes because I used to, uh, record things for friends and I had recorded a friend's wedding and she asked me, Hey, could you, uh, find that tape for me? I, I lost my DVD that you made me. I said, yeah, yeah, sure. I'll go through and I'll find it. And so I was going through my, all my tapes last night. And I have a a big storage box full of mini DV tapes, which I don't know if you remember, but they're about that big. Yeah, which I, I, yeah, that works great on a podcast, doesn't it? I'm gonna hold my hands up and show it to the microphone. It's that big. They're small. 
they're uh that's what he means (laughs) you could you could you could fit two or three of them in a cigarette pack so uh i and i have a box just packed jam-packed with them and so i was going through them and i found i found a bunch of my stand-up comedy uh tapes that i had made of my because i i used to record my record my routines and and then watch them so that i could figure out what was working what wasn't working because when you're on stage you just have no concept of at least in the early days of whether or not something's working i I know more experienced comedians figure it out but when you're first starting out you just have to pretend everything you say is funny and then get off stage so yeah people who know what they're doing can do stuff (laughs) yeah you basically got to spend a lot of time lying to yourself um and I was like, "Holy shit! These are from a decade ago. These are these are from oh seven, oh eight. You know, I I was like, "My God, has it been that long?" <laughs> and it, uh, yeah, sadly, sadly, it has. I'm I'm getting old. We are all getting old. You're older than me, but that's okay. I'm getting there. I feel old. I was in my late twenties when I made those tapes a decade ago. <laughs> And speaking of hot chicks, Ingrid Bergman, dude. Oh, my God. Holy shit. Ingrid, I went to bed dreaming of Ingrid Bergman last night. Ingrid Bergman, ever since ever since the first, as I said, uh, sophomore year, first time I saw her in Casablanca, I, I fell in love. I Ingrid Bergman is my ideal of feminine beauty. Like it does, it doesn't get, it doesn't get better than that. As far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I, I was into it the whole time. Like she's, she's keeping me interested. Yeah. <laughs> and well, and the you know the thing about the thing about it is is unlike so many uh, starlets uh, of of the older movie era, she she's actually a hell of an actress too. You know, you, you it it was kind it was kind of an era where you could get by on your looks and just and and and, and that goes for males too. You, you had a lot of males who could just get by on their looks too, but. Uh, yeah, she she's actually a, a really great actress. And that's one thing I noticed throughout the whole movie is that the acting was way less stilted than in a lot of movies of that time. Like you didn't get a whole lot of the actor speak, but the dialogue was flying at you so fucking fast. It's like this is going to be weird, but it's like an episode of the Gilmore Girls, and apparently their scripts for the hour-long <laughs> show are like 200 pages long because there's just they just Holy talk shit. and talk and talk and talk, and they never shut up. There's never a space. There's never a break in between any sentences or what characters are saying. And I'm I watched it with Rachel a couple actually, times. I've never actually watched an episode. Of that. Holy shit! They're they're throwing so much fucking information at you. Like this is supposed to be like a sitcom drama on ABC or some shit. Do we need all this information? Can't they just <laughs> do stuff? As far as as far as the dialogue and stuff was concerned. Uh, I found that I had a an odd experience watching the movie this time because I was really trying to, and and the dialogue plays directly into this. So I, I, this isn't just an aside, uh, taking a completely different tack. But as I was watching it, I was trying to separate myself from it and say, well, all right, let's go back to not having experience with this movie because it, it's so permeated American culture at this point. That even if you haven't seen it, you're familiar with so many facets of it, uh, so many of the lines and uh, and the music. I mean, I mean, as time goes by, is literally the music that plays over the Warner Brothers logo at this point. It's it, it's that classic now, 
And, uh, and so I, I'm trying to separate myself from it. I'm trying to say, okay, let's pretend I don't know anything about this movie and just take it as it is. And I couldn't do it. It was utterly impossible because they're throwing these classic lines out one after another. I mean, the final scene, uh, spoiler alert, by the way, if you haven't seen it, what the fuck are you listening to this for? Just go watch it. I mean, come on. But in, the, in, in that final scene... He does the, he does the, uh, you got to get on that plane. And if you don't, you're going to regret it for the, you're going to regret it. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon and for the rest of your life. And then it's, uh, we'll always have Paris. And then here's looking at you, kid. I mean, it's it. And then, and then this looks like the beginning of a beautiful friendship. I mean, it's one after another, after another, after another, just getting fired at you. And I was like, yeah, I, I can't, I can't detach myself from the way this has permeated the culture I've grown up in, it's just impossible at this point. It's that much of a classic. Even when I was like four or five years old watching Ninja Turtles 2, there's a scene where Michelangelo is like, you know, he does he does that fucking plane thing. Uh-huh. He's like, maybe not today, <laughs> maybe not tomorrow. And then, ah! Oh, oh he's like, the li- it's a paraphrased version of what happened. So I always thought that's how it went. He's like, you know, the lives of two people don't amount to a hill of beans in this crazy oh, God, world. That's, that's why you're getting on I that forgot. plane. <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh man! And then Leonardo pulls him into the sewer, and he screams. <laughs> and then I, that, I'm like, I'm, I'm even as a kid, I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's not how that scene ends. But <laughs> I just, it could have been slightly improved by Ninja Turtles in the movie. <laughs> Ingrid Bergman gets yanked down into the sewer <laughs> by the chuds, dude. Oh my god! He pulled out. He pulled out the chuds. Wait, is it just chud, chud or is it chuds? chuds? I, I know the movie is called Chud. I think you can pluralize but... Chud. I think you can pluralize Chud with an S. Even though, even though, uh, spoiler alert again, feel free to cover your ears. Chud actually didn't stand for what they said it stood for. Oh, I know. Maybe, maybe that's save that one for a future episode. Okay, <laughs> we, could do, we could do Chud and Chud Two. Bud the Chud, where we can watch Bud the Chud dance and whatever the <laughs> hell happens in that movie. I've never seen it. <laughs> Oh my god. I yeah. I actually saw Chud 2 before I saw Chud. Oh wow, that must have fucked you up pretty good when you yeah, watched the first one. It made Chud a very different experience. And then Chud 2 made no sense once I saw the ending of Chud. But again, as you said, that's an entirely different episode. I don't wanna I don't wanna go down that rabbit hole just now. It's a it's a deep one. I can't believe you brought up Chud. And there's while and, we're talking about Casablanca, for God's sake. Hey, hey, from one classic to another, you know. Did Do you remember, I'm going to say it was 10 years ago. Because I, I was on MySpace, I remember that much. And uh, Criterion announced that they were releasing Chud. And then it turned out it was an April Fool's joke. They announced okay. it on April okay. 1st. I was so excited that they were releasing Chud. I was like, yes, we're going to get a really great edition of Chud. And then it, it was an April Fool's joke. When are they going to... Criterion should just get their hands on some weird shit. Like, I want them to release Ninja Turtles, maybe the Power Rangers movie. <laughs> Have you... Uh... Surf Ninjas. That's the one. That That's the one for me. Nice. We need a commentary track so Neil Israel can explain all the nuanced filmmaking techniques in that movie and a new commentary it, it, it has and and we need the classic commentary track and we need the, from the laser disc obviously and and then the new commentary track 
from uh, wh- where where we get all of the Surf Ninjas back together in uh, in 2018. Yes, I'd pay money. I'd pay money for that. <laughs> get on it. I'm into it. Have you have you seen uh, ha- have you seen the uh, it was and it was released like 15 years ago or 16 years ago, but the DVD of Goonies with the visual commentary. Yeah, track. yeah, I have that. <laughs> I've probably watched that video commentary like. A dozen times. Look at everybody who just kind of looks like older versions of what they looked like in the fucking movie, <laughs> except for except for except for Chunk. Chunk, he's yeah. Chunk got Chunk got it together, man. No longer the sad fat kid, but he's also not acting anymore either. So yeah, what is he a lawyer? Yeah, you know? an entertainment lawyer. Yeah. So now when all of his stupid friends do dumb shit, he can <laughs> he can defend them or prosecute them or whatever he does. I'm sure Corey Feldman kept him steadily employed for a while there. Ooh, that's a. Speaking of rabbit holes, oh, conspiracy theory. Want to go down the rabbit hole of Ooh. Corey Feldman? <laughs> I can't remember. Were we talking about? Were we were we talking about that privately, or, or was that on one of the previous episodes where where I was telling you about the thing with the uh, uh, the gal who was making the suicide jokes on Instagram? I don't remember, but once I finally get to editing all these, I'll probably figure it out. Okay, yeah. Basically, I basically I came to the decision, and this is this is for the listeners, just for all of you listeners out there who don't think suicide jokes are funny. The only people who think suicide jokes aren't funny are people who have never had constant suicidal thoughts. Because if you have constant suicidal thoughts on a day-to-day basis, suicide jokes become the funniest thing in the world because it's the only way to cope with all that shit constantly clanging around in your head. It's, 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 it's uh, existential dread 101. You have to learn to laugh at it. I have a little bit of existential dread, but I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to never have been the, the I'm suicidal guy. But all, all the bands that I fucking listen to, like senses fail and stuff. That's all they ever talked about. Yeah. It's like either I hate myself and it's because of a girl or I just want to get drunk and die. Yeah. I, 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 I deal with basically constant suicidal thoughts <laughs> and it's tough because I've had to go back to dealing with them again lately because, uh, I can't, I don't, I got cut off of my health insurance and can't afford the medication anymore. But, uh, yeah, it's, Generally, I'm not the one to talk about it unless I'm talking about it in an informative way, you know, like, like, hey, you know, here's, here's what the situation is. Here's a glimpse into my head. But, uh, but yeah, it fucking sucks, man. And, and, and if you can't, if you can't laugh about it and joke about it and and it really pisses me off that it's never the people who get all uptight about it are never the people who've actually had to deal with it on a personal level. They may have had to deal with it in terms of, um, you know, having a family member commit suicide or something, which is horrific. And, and I've had that happen, and, and, and I, can, I can attest it is horrible to have a family member commit suicide. But at the same time, I don't, I don't, I don't, it, it's, it's really frustrating to be told what to think by someone who has never had to deal with that shit. Because people are stupid and they think they know everything. It's dumb. Yeah, and unlike <laughs> me, they don't. What? Wait, wait. It took me a second to process. <laughs> Sorry, I just I just had to take the douche up uh, a few notches there. I know some stuff. But if you want to talk about wrestling, I know things. Oh, I would love to talk about wrestling, but I need to watch some wrestling first. I haven't I haven't watched 
I haven't watched any actual wrestling in it's been it's been quite a few years. Because uh, all my all my favorites all my favorites aren't in it anymore. You know, like I loved I loved I I, I grew up in the days of uh, Hulk Hogan and Don Ray the Giant, and Roddy Roddy Piper, and the Iron Sheik, and uh, and and I, I I remember I remember growing up watching uh, the Hulk Hogan cartoon. I can't remember what it was called. Rock and wrestling. Rock and wrestling. Rock and wrestling. And uh, it is bad. If you watch it now, but it's I I, I will I will say that um, and granted this is this is a while ago again, but the last time I watched wrestling, I didn't I couldn't identify any of the characters or anything. Although, isn't the Undertaker still in it for some reason? Maybe we don't know yet. He left his coat and his fucking hat in the middle of the ring, but they keep on. You <laughs> uh, last year at WrestleMania when he lost to Roman Reigns. I don't know. Uh, but they keep on going like, oh no, he's gonna wrestle again one more time. I'm like, I thought he was done last year. Like, I I appreciate the guy for doing the shit, but like, you're getting old, dude. You gotta yeah, stop. he's been around stop forever. It. I don't want to see you have a heart attack like Jerry Lawler after he wrestled a match for ten minutes. Oh my god, <laughs> Jerry Lawler! It happened. It was a couple of years ago, and he he wrestled a match. He just got up from behind the commentary table and fucking took off his clothes and he was in his stupid, his, his like singlet. And then... I love the idea that he's wearing that all the time. He does. He's ready, he's he ready still to does. go all the time. And, he, uh, and then he gets back behind the thing and they're talking for a few minutes and then the commentary just stops. And we're all just like, what the fuck? Why is it so quiet? And then Michael Cole gets on there and he's like, uh, so there's stuff happening by the, you know, Jerry Lawler just kind of collapsed and they, it was real. And then he he stopped doing commentary for the rest of the night, and we're just like, oh shit, Jerry Lawler's dead, but he's not. He can't, he's he's still kicking. Oh man, that dude will never die. He's like Rick fucking Flair, dude. Rick Flair will never die, <laughs> ever. I don't know how. It's probably because those two never did any steroids, which is how they're still alive. I do like I I do like, and I I heard I heard Lawler is 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 fighting to try and get uh, Andy Kaufman admitted to the Wrestling Hall of Fame. I'd be I'd be into because, it because uh, b- because it. That really was a great moment in in the history of wrestling. I have a I have a documentary they made about it, and this is in the days before, you know, Lawler came out and was like, "Look, it was all a gag." You know, I mean, I mean, obviously Andy was, you know, it's not like it's not like he invaded the wrestling space or something like that. Like, like he we were all in on it, you know. But at, but in this documentary, they treat it at one hundred percent seriously, as if Andy's, you know really gone over the edge and uh and it's fucking hilarious dude it's i because rem- I, re- I remember that from when i was a kid and i remember thinking this is the greatest thing i've ever seen and i wasn't even super into wrestling i i, I watched it like every kid does you know I, but i wasn't one of the guys who memorized all the characters and watched it every single uh every single time it was on and um but i re- i remember that i remember that i remember andy kaufman and the the furor that came along with his uh, his character, <laughs> the man from Hollywood. Perfect. I just had a random thought. It's probably best left for another day. But would Andy Kaufman have thrived now, being like being the troll type of guy he was? Would he have Would he have thrived better now with the internet, or would he have just kind of been like, "Fuck this, everybody's doing it." I'm gonna. Yeah, I I, I don't know. It's tough to say because in a world where everybody is trying to be, I mean. I don't think Andy Kaufman could exist now as 
what he was because nowadays everybody's trying to be Andy Kaufman, whether they realize it or not. Andy Kaufman had such a tremendous influence that, yeah, that's what people are ultimately trying to do. And uh, that being the case, I don't think Andy would be interested in doing it anymore. I think I think he was more interested in doing stuff that people weren't doing. He, he was interested in it because everybody wasn't doing it. I had a thought, and then it just fucking disappeared. I don't know if you saw that just now. I was wondering what the leaden <laughs> silence was all about, because you looked like you were about to say something. And it it left. So that went fucking nowhere. Yay! <laughs> I love conversations that go nowhere. Yes! Speaking of going nowhere, everyone living in Casablanca. So I know, uh, yeah, I know. All the people fucking clicking on this, like, oh, hey, I, I like Casablanca. You, you're you being inundated with a bunch of talk of wrestling and Ninja Turtles and Power Rangers and shit. That'll probably happen Jerry every who? episode, though. Yeah, Jerry who? <laughs> Memphis Wrestling, where they actually had fucking characters that were Ninja Turtles. Just throwing that one out there. Really? Yeah, apparently. I, I never saw it, but I heard about it. Oh, that's awesome. I love and it. And it's, it's some wacky shit. Apparently, Memphis Wrestling is the fucking crazy one. Was. Back when it was still a thing. Territory systems. Maybe we'll talk about that one day. Good stuff. Good <laughs> stuff. Uh, Casablanca influence we were talking about. The lines and stuff. But I'm noticing a lot of just actual scenes that were kind of in more modern movies that were ripped directly from Casablanca when... Examples. Like, like Looper. And the scene in Casablanca where Peter Laurie comes to Rick and he's like, Hide me, hide me! You gotta fucking hide me! They're coming after! They're coming to kill me! Oh yeah! And in, in Looper, you know, Paul Dano comes yeah. to Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and he's like, "Hide me," because I did something stupid. Like that is that is exactly like it. Yeah. Only a little more, a little more disturbing in Looper, I think. Well, yeah, he, I mean, he willfully sells him out when that happened. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. I I I think it's impossible to to overestimate the influence of Casablanca on modern pop culture. I think uh, it was such a it was such a significant film historically that yeah you 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 just see you see its fingerprints everywhere because those images and those scenes first off they were they were extraordinarily well done. It it's a beautiful looking movie too. It's it didn't nice. feel as you said it didn't feel stilted or anything like that as so much art of uh, so much cinema of the time did feel very stilted and did feel kind of wooden in its delivery and and those scenes don't feel like that and and then on top of it the uh the cinematography is is really excellent and and they set up these scenes and these scenes these scenes are so again everything everything from that movie is so integrated into the culture at like a at at like a dna level at this point that i don't think i don't think you could it it wouldn't surprise me if i was thinking about it which i'm mostly not thinking (laughs) too deeply when i watch a movie i'm mostly just absorbing uh but but if i was thinking about it to go in and find that every movie i watch anymore I can see the fingerprints of Casablanca in that wouldn't that wouldn't surprise me at all. Oh yeah, I'll I'll be looking more now since I've seen it. I'll know what to look for. <laughs> <laughs> but that that one in particular, because Looper happens to be one of my favorite movies. I like that movie quite a bit, mm-hmm. so I was able to pick that one apart. 
that's a great movie. I, I, I it's, 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 it's kind of a bummer that 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 it's that it's not more talked about still because I I, I went back and and watched it with my son few months ago it, it was it was recent enough that i can confidently say it was it was just a few months ago and sure this time <laughs> yeah 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 it, which means anytime in the last 12 years so no okay. i, I uh, it, no it, it was it was it was just a few months ago and uh you know when a movie when a movie comes out and it's something you haven't seen before and it's new and it's fresh you it's easy to get excited about it it's a lot harder to get excited about it when it's been around for quite a few years and you've stopped thinking about it and, and the excitement is worn off, the freshness and newness is worn off. Ryan Johnson's gone on and done a Star Wars movie now. Joseph Gordon-Levitt is an established A-lister at this point. You don't feel like you're discovering something no one's seen before. You know, It's like I saw when I saw Brick and was blown away by it, I used to tell everyone I knew about it. And then we found out that the, that director was making a new movie, and it was a sci-fi movie. And uh, not only was Joseph Gordon-Levitt going to be in it, but Bruce Willis was going to be in it. It was going to be, you know, and, and we were so excited. But once that excitement's worn off, I find a lot of the movies that I've gotten excited about in the last few years don't hold up well at all there there's there's a distinct laziness well maybe it's not laziness maybe it's just overexposure i don't know but it it ma- it, it makes the stories feel kind of lazy in retrospect and uh, i've gone back to movies that i had gotten very excited about and been really disappointed by them uh, once once that initial thrill had worn off and not the case with Looper at all. I watched it again, and it was just as good. I enjoyed it start to finish. I could have sat down and immediately watched it again. Uh, it was that good. And uh, and it's ex- it, it's exciting. It's exciting to see that uh, a movie can still do that. A modern movie can still do that for me because it's easy for a classic like Casablanca to do to 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 have that thrill because again, you know. It, it it's got that it's got all those emotional attachments that that you've given it over the years or at least in my case maybe not in your case this being this was your first time seeing it right first time yep. yeah the only the only thing i that ass a blanket joke and family guy that there there was that I'm, I'm not a family guy watcher no well i'm not anymore either i think the, <laughs> only, I think the, I was. the only family guy episode i could even pick out as a reference is the and and maybe it's the only reference now that I think about it from the show because I couldn't tell you what the show was about. Is the one where they come across they come it's the apoc it's after the apocalypse and they the fucking is that the Twinkie one <laughs> or wait was that the Simpsons oh fuck me I don't even remember now no it's <laughs> it, it's after the it's after the apocalypse and they 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 come across this community and the guy's like and there's randy newman over there oh yeah there it is singing yep. about what he sees <laughs> oh god that like i said i couldn't tell you a damn thing about the rest of the episode but that one gag killed me still does yeah that that that's fucking funny the 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 casablanca thing is they're supposed to be at a party drinking this is peter and his dumb friends i don't like the show so i might just shit on it for the next couple minutes sorry (laughs) i liked it when i was 25 and 
shit was still funny and now I'm just an old cynical dick and nothing's funny anymore. I don't know. Anyways. Uh, well, if, you're, <laughs> if you're old and cynical, then I must be fucking ancient and cynical. So, <laughs> Yes. Yes. That's why That's why we're going to add, add, add somebody new who's young and full of life. <laughs> Hopefully, breathe, hopefully breathe a little life into this yes. into this stale stale sack of crusty old men. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, so yeah, Asablanca. <laughs> they were they were all they were um, apparently Chris Peter's son had taped over the the porn parody of Casablanca, which was called Asablanca, and it happened to be the Statue of Liberty. And he's like, "It's okay, it's okay. We'll drink till she's hot." <laughs> Every once in a while, it's a good joke. Family Guy has that one where the guy, the he's he's interviewing for a job, and the guy's like, "Well, what what do you see yourself doing in ten years?" And he's like, "Don't say doing your wife. Don't say doing your wife. Doing your son." And for some reason, that one, <laughs> that one still gets me. I laugh every time. I'll I'll just be doing stuff at work, and then I'll just giggle because that'll pop into my head. You know, speaking speaking of uh, Family Guy, I was really. I feel I speak and speaking of uh, I'll, I'll tie this shit together. Speaking of you're better at it than lazy, <laughs> lazy filmmaking. Uh, a million ways to die in the West was just a massive sack of wasted opportunities. As far as I'm concerned, the only joke that I would have liked to see in the movie was in the trailer. And that was when doc Brown showed up with the DeLorean. Oh, that was in the trailer. Yeah. I was done after that. That, that would have been cool. I, I remember watching, I remember as I was watching A Million Ways to Die in the West, just every 30 seconds or so, I thought of a joke that could have been put in there and and thought, all right, there's no way that I'm thinking of jokes that their writing team that they had on this thing couldn't have come up with. You know, these are easy jokes. The And, and, and then it could, because if you're going to make that kind of movie, you know, the kind of movie that million ways to die in the west was which was completely not serious in any kind of a way it was the kind of movie me and my friends used to used to have a joke about it um they're not a joke but an example of uh because because uh some friends of mine made a low budget western several years ago and uh and and while we were discussing the comp because they wanted it to be a comedy while we were discussing the comedy of it, the question came up, well, is it going to be the kind of comedy where the guy rides up to the saloon and ties his horse up at the thing at the, uh, the post and then walks and we pan over and there's a car parked out front. Oh fuck. You know, is it going to be that kind of a comedy? And he, they didn't want that to be that kind of comedy, but a million ways to die in the West was very much that kind of a comedy. And so if you're going to do that kind of a comedy, why why be timid about it, you know? Just go balls out from the very beginning. That opening credit sequence, there were so many missed opportunities for jokes just during the opening credits. They probably got pitched and the studio said that's not funny so you can't do it. Was it a Universal movie or did Fox release that one too or do you know? I don't know. I couldn't I I have no idea. Must have been Universal if Doc Brown was in it. But I don't know. That's that's who fucking cares. Either way, studio people suck, and they 
make bad decisions sometimes, but it might have been Seth MacFarlane and his. I don't know. Whatever, whatever, whatever the case, whatever the case was, <laughs> it, it taught me a lot. At least watching it taught me a lesson in case I ever decide to write comedy, uh, which I, I don't think is really my strong suit. Um, but if I ever do decide to write comedy, I, I'm going to go the Dumb and Dumber route rather than the uh, Million Ways to Die in the West route, which is, it, I listened to, uh, I can't remember if it was Bobby or Peter Farrelly talking about how that script came to be, but they said they said basically that he read that script aloud to everybody who wanted to hear it. And in the course of reading it aloud, probably you know 200 times, over the course of 10 years or something like that, he said, you came to know really well which jokes kept working and which jokes worked once and then immediately fell flat. And so they just, they just packed, and, and you, you came to figure out where jokes could be inserted and where jokes should be left out. And uh, I, I really think that's a key, that, that's a key to writing comedy that, that that movie missed out on is, is, is just work it and you know don't be afraid to rework it a bunch and and just i don't know what the fuck i'm saying now i feel like i feel like i got i feel like i started to say something at the beginning there you and did. then i just started rambling you did say you like were gonna crazy work your way. old man that i yeah. am you did say you were gonna work your way back to casablanca working my way back to me. casablanca um the the script is really tight <laughs> fuck i don't know it is <laughs> it is, is that, that's true I remember I remember as a I remember as a teenager when I watched Casablanca I I completely sympathized with Rick and I still sympathize with him to a degree I sympathize with him as a as a hurt and bitter person which I am but at the same time I sympathized with Rick in the sense that I wanted them to end up together in the end and now I was like Oh yeah, they really shouldn't end up together. That's the worst possible ending to this movie is if they end up together. That's funny cuz yeah, my 25-year-old self would be like, "Yeah, romance and leave your stupid husband and go back to the go back to Humps, man." He's yeah. he's he's sad and he's <laughs> he needs to stop being such a misanthrope even though he's fucking cooler that way. But now like the realistic me is like, "Yeah, no. Uh you got married, just go go with that guy. Go. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here." Leave leave him alone to his fucking bar with his new best friend. Yeah, well, he, Rick Rick was right. If she hadn't gotten on that plane, she would have regretted it. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon and for the rest of her life. I agree. Hills of Hills of Beans. Hills, <laughs> Hills of Beans because of, of Michelangelo. So, do you have any? I came up with one, but I didn't do any research. Do you have any like weird fan theories about this movie? Weird fan. Well, pitch you, me yours, and and maybe I'll jump on board. All right. Uh. So I'm kind of since it takes place mostly in one location, and you have all the same people running around, and you have the the dude playing piano the whole time, and people just kind of pop in and pop out. I think they're all fucking dead, and <laughs> and Rick's cafe is fucking purgatory, and everybody's just kind of hanging out there waiting to go to heaven or hell or whatever. Because and then then the Nazi soldiers or the the angels or demons taking people to whichever. <laughs> Whichever the, place they've the plane, earned, the, earned the, a ticket the to. The plane is the angels taking them to heaven. The Nazis are the there you Nazis go. Are the there you devils go. taking yes. them to hell. I can get on. I can get on board with that. As soon as you started saying with everybody stuck there, I was like, up. 
purgatory. It's, it's got, it's Absolutely. Got purgatory. I didn't do much research, but I figured there had to at least have been one YouTube video about that. Not a fucking thing. There's a hundred songs called Casablanca. No dice, huh? Nothing. So I feel pretty smart. But I didn't Google it, so. <laughs> so yeah, who, well, who the fuck knows? The, I, I do think I do think you have to Google it before you can go before you can go announcing that there's nothing out there. Oh, I, I didn't say nothing. I just said nothing on YouTube. Nothing on YouTube, which is also Google. So I win. They're owned by Google. Yeah, but they <laughs> they they don't they don't have they don't have the search and power of the Google. God damn it! I know. I just I just wanted to you know I wanted to make my mom proud for. I'm gonna once, shit all over you right now. How about that? How about I just how about I just tear you down one step at a time? No, I like it. I like it. I like it as a theory. It's um, it calls into. I I I will say that um, the one week link I see in that theory is uh, fuck. What's his name? Her husband. Uh, it's played by Paul Henreid or something. I don't know. He's he's German, and I don't know how to fucking pronounce his name. I can't remember the character's name though. That's 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 the trouble. I am I am the worst with names. If Rick's name hadn't been on the sign out front, I probably <laughs> wouldn't remember that his name was Rick, even though they call him Rick a hundred times in, in the movie. Wasn't her name Ilsa? Yeah, her name was Ilsa. Okay, and um, I know Sam because. Uh, his name was on oh because because everybody, everybody because, talks to him because he's the fucking piano guy and because play it again sam is is arguably uh one of the most ubiquitous lines in american culture or was when i was growing up oh you know what i did find one thing about casablanca on youtube and it was a uh, the mandela effect sort of thing and oh how people remember that it's played again sam when he never actually he, says yeah that. it's really just play it again yeah, or play it. Or play, you know, he just says play it. Yeah, play it. And the guys, the guys, the character's name is Victor Laszlo. Victor Laszlo. Yeah. Laszlo. So Laszlo's character, uh, what's his role in this? How, how does his, how, how does his working against the Nazis and everything play into this? It, are they are they just deluded that they're in nineteen forty? One or 1942 or whatever it is are they are they are they living out a fantasy that keeps them from going insane they're in a coma both of them <laughs> i just made that up it probably doesn't make any sense but you know they're sharing, nothing does they're sharing a coma <laughs> yep it's a shared coma it's, it's magic it's casablancaception yep there was a oh fuck and i forgot to look into it there was a novel written like a sequel novelization really to casablanca that apparently fucks up the whole thing <laughs> like i don't remember exactly but i'm pretty sure like ilsa and rick do end up together in the sequel who would want that nobody exactly right that's the dumbest fucking idea but there was actually a prequel tv show in 1983 that i just found what was like, it called just, was it called before casablanca or? it was called Casablanca. According to IMDb, it is a short-lived prequel to Casablanca. That's what it says. Short-lived prequel to Casablanca. It's just called Casablanca. <laughs> yeah. And Hector Elizondo is in it. The guy who's pretty much in everything you've ever seen in your entire life. Let me see a picture of him. 
Oh, that guy. Yeah, there there he is. You don't know his name, but you know he's in stuff. <laughs> I thought you might appreciate this. What did he? You know, it's you know, it's that for the for the listeners. You know that guy. Yeah, that guy. That Look guy. Him up. It's okay. From the thing. From he, everything. He he voiced a character called Viragor in the Thundercats reboot. So I really? thought I thought you'd appreciate that one. Nice. I haven't watched the Thundercats reboot, but it looks—it actually looks pretty cool. I saw uh, when I was when I was digging for episode one uh, of the Thundercats when we were when we were talking about that. I uh, I saw some I saw some stills from it, and the animation looks fantastic. It does look pretty cool. Which was the which was the real strong suit of the uh, uh, all well pretty much all of the Rankin Bass stuff was was their animation was so was so good so it's uh it's upholding the tradition in that sense the animation was good but like once you got past the intro the show kind of took a dive in (laughs) from really fucking awesome to like oh we're just kind of standing around talking (laughs) that was all that was all 80s cartoons though so it's not not just thundercats Except for Ninja Turtles, I feel like Ninja Turtles kind of kept Turtles the action was, up pretty well. Ninja Turtles was fairly dynamic, yeah. yeah. Now that you mentioned that, that, that sort of lived up to the not not quite up to the level, but like almost up to the level of its cool intro. Almost, it was almost there. I I remember thinking Ninja Turtles was very exciting, and then I went back and watched it as an adult, and uh, all I could think was, "Wow, I was stupid when I was little." Yeah, it holds up better <laughs> than it should. I think. <laughs> I well the like, the thing is is when I say I rewatched it as an adult I mean when I was 18. Oh, okay. 19. You weren't so an adult I had yet. That doesn't even count. No sense of fun or irony in me whatsoever. I have the I have the Turtle Van box set so Nice. I made it through quite a bit of it and then I'm bad at watching TV shows. So fucking hard. You make it 50 episodes in you're just like Jesus Christ I can't fucking do this anymore. Yeah, they there's, made a lot of those. There's 193 though. episodes. God damn it. That that seems that seems a tad excessive. I can I can get on I can get on board for uh, uh, I, I I think my outer my outer limit is something like Parks and Rec or uh, The Office, which is like twenty episodes or something. Like it was that on for season. ten years, so it's like oh well yeah okay that's that's fair. I was think I was just thinking back to uh, like uh, uh, Thunder. Thundercats had a lot, lot of episodes. A lot of those shows had a lot of episodes, but of course, uh, I, I, I do think that uh, your, your jam, Power Rangers, had takes the fucking cake in those first six seasons. An absolutely fuckdiculous amount of episodes. There's like 300 episodes in the first six seasons. It's stupid. I remember I looked, so I, I looked at the price to buy season one, and it's like, it's like ninety five dollars to buy season one on Amazon, and it's actually a deal because there's seventy plus episodes in the thing. So much, so much, and th- <laughs> think about how I feel having not too long ago sat down and binge watched all of the first like ten seasons. Holy shit, that's a lot of that's a lot of that's a lot of uh, bad dubbing. You can't see the bad dubbing because they're always in the masks when they're. Well, they're, I, I, I'm just thinking of Rita. Because oh, except the, that the bad dubbing of Rita always it always killed it for me when I had no sense of fun and irony. She was and recast then, by an actual American an, actress. As an adult, <laughs> would would just send me in into conniptions of of hilarity. I would laugh uncontrollably. It's not unentertaining. It's so bad. <laughs> I fucking love it. I don't care. It's 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 not it's not good like Casablanca. 
but you can't compare the two. But I have been watching uh, Tattoo Teenage Alien Fighters from Beverly Hills, and that is complete trash, and I fucking love it. <laughs> Speaking of Tattoo Teenage Alien Fighters from Beverly Hills, Casablanca. <laughs> there you go, guys. See what I mean? <laughs> we tie I mean? We, we always bring it back around. The Segway King over here actually got one, though. You got you you had a Segway that worked. Did I? Yeah. yeah I, I can't remember worry, at this point now. Was, I won't do it again. It was a whole 20 minutes ago, and we're getting old, so I'm I don't sorry. fucking remember shit. I, I apologize <laughs> to everybody for my functional Segway. Fucking upstaging me and shit. Holy shit, and there are children screaming downstairs, and I can hear them in my fucking headphones. Speaking of Casablanca. There are no children in Casablanca. <laughs> there are no screaming children. Lucky How did that happen? How did an entire city... Managed to have no screaming children. Because children aren't allowed in purgatory. Oh. I don't know if that's true or not. I just made that up again. straight to limbo. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Thank you. That's a nice word (laughs) that I forgot. I watched that movie with Nicole Kidman, The Others, and that's what they talked about. (coughs) Children go to limbo, but only if you're Catholic, I think. And unbat... No. Well, I I heard that... uh, that they that they got an upgrade a few years ago that and, and the children go to heaven now. Do they really deserve to go to heaven though? Oh, definitely not. No. <laughs> I have kids, I can attest to this. No. Dogs though. Dogs me. can go to heaven. Dogs can go to all dogs can go to heaven. Even when they're voiced by Magnum PI? Especially when they're voiced they by They are not voiced by Magnum PI. I'm a fucking idiot. Uh Smokey, I lied. Wait, which one was the bandit? I've never actually seen that movie. I'm just talking on my ass now. I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> Burt Reynolds. Fuck. If Burt, Reynolds, Burt, Reynolds. If Burt Reynolds voiced a dog, that dog would go to heaven twice. He did, didn't he? All dogs go to heaven. Oh, fuck, man. I don't, I don't know. I don't remember <laughs> that movie. And all that, dogs that, go to heaven, that too. Movie made me cry. That movie made me cry too much as a kid. I, I didn't want to cry while I was watching a cartoon. Well, Don Bluth is a fucking sociopath. Yeah, seriously. A little bit. He will... Don't love anything that he creates. He will murder somebody in that movie. <laughs> he will. You know what? We need a CGI version of Casablanca with Don Bluth at the helm. So then, you know. Then every, <laughs> and everybody dies in the end. Except the, for the ones who die at the beginning. Except for the mice. Little mice will be down there. He made Fievel, an American tale. So hence no the mice. Died. Didn't someone die in that? I don't no, know. I'm sure a lot of people died, but a lot of mice the fuck were we talking about? Jesus Christ. Casablanca. <laughs> Do I have any more notes? Okay, we, we got past the Ingrid Bergman's hot. Uh, Humphrey Bogart's I cool. Ta- I could talk about Ingrid Bergman's hotness a little more. I'm always down to talk about how hot Ingrid Bergman is. Holy shit, I forgot about this scene completely. I fucking, I don't remember it now, so I don't know why I'm bringing it up, but I decided that Claude Rains and everybody he works with, they're all gay and they don't want to come out of the closet. Because they kept on talking about like, hitting each other's butts or something i don't remember what the conversation was uh you know i i I will say that i had this thought and this is not well i mean it's kind of related to that it's kind of related to that in that i disagree with you uh because this this movie was very it hasn't it hasn't aged well in terms unless you unless you look at it and that's the nice thing about the setting is if you look at it as a as a time capsule of its era because the female characters in this movie totally are treated as uh, as props as as props <laughs> yeah 
There, Ingrid Bergman literally has the scene where she says, I can't think. I need you to think for both of us. Oh, my God, I know. And my girlfriend <laughs> and being Cla- the feminist that she is, she's like, what the fuck? And then Claude Rains <laughs> is over there screwing every woman who needs a visa out of out of the city. Good cover. Uh, especially the married ones, apparently. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Women get very short shrift in this movie. And uh, I, I, I do recall <laughs> thinking... Yeah, yeah, it's a good thing that they solidly anchored this in an era, because otherwise, I don't, I don't think this would be as uh, as palatable as it yep. is. I had that same thought where I, I excused all the all the sexist and racist stuff because it was 1942, and you can kind of <laughs> the way Sam always refers to him as boss, even when they're off the clock and they're hanging out as friends. You know, <laughs> he's he's always the boss. And he's like, don't talk to me. Play the fucking song. Yeah, and, yeah, and he's and Sam is just a dick to him the entire time. This woman made me sad. Play the fucking song. Shut up. Fuck. Oh, you're off the clock, and you should be going about your business and doing whatever you want. Play the song. In fairness, he did tell him to go home. That's true. That's true. And he's just like, no. And and you know, as as a mark of social progress, there is the scene where. Uh, uh, oh, names are killing me again. Um. The fat man. Oh yeah, the the funny looking fat man whose name I can't remember yeah, either. With with the who runs the blue parrot offers to buy Sam and Rick says I don't deal in the trafficking of human human life. Oh, that's right, dude. I totally forgot about that. Part. I don't <laughs> know how I forgot that. So uh, so that's the that's the big that's the big win for social equality in this movie is Sam is Sam. <laughs> Rick refuses to sell Sam to uh, to the Blue Parrot. What a nice guy. <laughs> I need to keep him because he plays a song that makes me fucking sad. God. Teach him how to play Johnny Be Good in a few years. There you go. Wait. Uh, as, soon as, Michael, as soon as Michael J. Fox shows up. He did, inv- he did invent rock and roll. Yep. Where would, where would old Chuck Berry be without Marty McFly? At least his cousin Marvin called him. Well, thank God he was looking out for him. I know, right? This is this is what happens. We've run out of things to say <laughs> about Casablanca. Casablanca. Do you have any final thoughts before we run away and cry because we? My final thoughts keep on are: doing this? Uh, I loved this movie the first time I saw it. I love it now. Uh, but it's a damn good thing that they attached it firmly to a year and a place because if they hadn't i uh, my love may be waning but it is now timeless because they did so i'll agree much with like that. purgatory yes literally timeless purgatory well my final thoughts are ingrid bergman's hot and renault is totally gay even if you don't agree with me <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 all good. i'm totally gay for ingrid bergman all righty good deal <laughs> All right, thanks, guys.